Hello and welcome to the formal review. Today, we will be having a very special episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome back to the formal review. This is season 3 episode 8 and I thank you all for joining me once again. So this episode marks the start of a new series that I will be doing. One thing I personally love is storytelling and looking at events of the past. Now obviously there's a lot of biopics out there to look at so I decided every month I'm going to be looking at a very important event that has happened that month and that has a movie that does apply and for each episode I will have a very special guest i'm not gonna reveal what movie and who will be joining me so you're gonna have to tune in to every episode and follow me on social media to keep track of when i will be releasing them because it could come at any time of the month to start off this monthly series i will be looking at apollo 13 because 50 years ago today april 17th Apollo 13 was able to land back on planet Earth after a explosion caused them to have to alter their plans of landing on the moon. 25 years later, a film was released about this. Now, my special guest this episode is my dad. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm inside where it's warm. <laughs> it's not snowing where I'm at, so... That's good. So for those listening who don't know this, my parents actually live in Minnesota, whereas I live in Philadelphia. So there's pretty much a high chance uh, for snow about nine months out of the year. I wanted to have you on here because during the Apollo missions, you were obviously around then. So I thought it'd be a good situation to get you on to maybe talk about what was going on back then and what the feeling was of the country back then because obviously nowadays it's very different but I always want to just kind of get a new take on things so my first question to you is what comes to mind when you think of the Apollo missions in general well what I think of there is just the culmination Apollo 11 was the culmination in July of 1969 that was a culmination of the 10 years of effort within the United States to respond to the Sputnik scare in the late 1950s by the former Soviet Union so that was the culmination of a major effort across this country to demonstrate that we can lead the world again in terms of scientific achievement. Our attempt as a country to display our capacity to lead the world in terms of scientific exploration, in this case, into space. Okay. Where were you during the Apollo 11 mission? And what do you remember about it? Do you remember watching it on television, hearing it on the radio? Yes. Or well, mostly on television. I, in July, of 1969, I was in between graduating from college and starting graduate school. So I was at home where we lived in New York State. So Neil Armstrong made that statement. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I was on TV. I watched it with my brother and sisters, and I think my parents were there. It was a major event. We knew who some of the broadcasters were. Walter Cronkite. Man's dream and a nation's pledge have now been fulfilled. The lunar age has begun. How easy these words are rolling off our lips now. Man on the moon, a walk on the moon. And yet uh, to say the words and to stop just a moment to think about them still sends a shiver up and down the old spine. Man on the moon. Oh, boy. Whew. What? I'm, I'm speechless. I was there and watched it on television. 
So fast forward a few months and you get to the Apollo 13 missions. It's significant for a different reason because they obviously had a poor outcome and it ended up being a more intense situation. Where were you while this was all happening and what do you remember about it? Well, I was here in Minnesota and the situation in terms of intensity was different. The Apollo 11 situation was very positive. The country is watching it because it transpired over you know a 10 year period or so to major complex on the moon. When we got to Apollo 13, people have gone off into their normal day-to-day activities and the moon was not as a higher priority. And so when you do it a third time, people tend to get complacent. So there wasn't a lot of national interest in the actual going to the moon. But once it got to the point of there's a possibility there was going to be a catastrophe and the drama associated with that was different. And the interest was not what's the major accomplishment is can we address the issue and get the astronauts back safely to the Earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and April 17th is the 50th anniversary of them coming back in, which leads also into the Apollo 13 movie, which interestingly enough is also the 25th anniversary of the release of that film. It was directed by Ron Howard and starred Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, Gary Sinise, and Ed Harris. Interestingly, this is actually one out of five films that Hanks and Sinise have starred in together, being Forrest Gump from 1994, 1999's The Green Mile, 2005 Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon, and 2009's Beyond All Boundaries. The astronauts Jim Lovell, Fred Hayes, and Jack Swigger were played by Hanks, Paxton, and Bacon, respectively. As I said, today, April 17, 2020, is the 50th year anniversary of the crew landing back on on Earth. We are also approaching the 25th anniversary of the release of the f- and I think that today a lot of us are in a similar situation. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, life has changed extremely. We are moving forward with hope that everything will be okay, but no one really knows what will happen exactly. So, what did you like about rewatching this film? What I liked about it in terms of the most positive was the focus on the people involved, who the members of the crew were and and how they got selected or not selected as the case may be. And then the broader aspects of it, the human side where it had more than just the crew members, it's their family, how they got engaged. So it presented a broader view than maybe perhaps simply looking at the crew members themselves and the aspects associated with that. But then, you know, what you face when you're in those kind of dangerous situations to try and reflect that in a real direct emotional way. So then it did represent, you know, what they're going through in trying to land and the precision associated with, they didn't have a lot of margin when they're coming down, you know, if they're gonna not make it or make it, it was pretty precise in terms of the margins they had to achieve in order to successfully land. People have to be aware that, you know, whether you think of this from an engineering standpoint or getting things done from a electronic standpoint, it was very close and there was a margin maybe of two or three percent perhaps, but not much more than that. So they were working through a severe engineering window to make this successful. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the different points of view of the people and because it allows a lot of people to attach themselves to different points of the story, but also keeping them engaged. You have the astronaut's point of view, but you also have the chaos that's going on at NASA and them trying to figure out different ways to get them down and new ways that they didn't really expect because these types of things are 
extremely rare and they don't plan for things like this because it's pretty much similar to what the coronavirus is now. This is something that's really due to chance. And with minimum 1% of that, and that 1% could be absolutely anything, this explosion was this chance. It was really interesting to see how they adapted to the scenario and had to think outside of the box and think critically and try different things that they hadn't tried before. And then on top of that, you have the astronauts' families. Obviously, there's a lot of stress in that because these people may have said bye to their loved ones for the last time when they left planet Earth. And showing their anxiety allows any viewer who even one hasn't heard of this event or has heard of it, but allows them to relive that situation because you're also getting their point of view. It's not, it's a good grounding mechanism to this movie that obviously takes place out in space. And there are a lot of math and science, but take all that away. And it's a very thrilling story because of that grounding. That's right. That's the human side of it and and how they manage in a catastrophe and your reference to the COVID, you know, we've got a lot of fear involved. In this case, it was three or four people and you've got to operate, you know, in a crisis situation. Some people do it very well and others not so much. So this whole sense of managing paranoia, perhaps, or managing panic to the extent that it's structured with the preciseness that you have to within that margin of error. People don't probably recognize a lot of people you don't want to be in that situation but if you are this is how it's done yes the astronaut went through as the film showed bunches of training exercises that tried to prepare them for almost every situation and then something else came up and changed the course of history pretty much these three men who were up there all wanted to be able to step on the moon because it's something only a select amount of people have ever done this chance prevented them from doing that but in doing that it allowed for a successful failure that made them more memorable. That's correct. Yeah. The acting done by Hanks, Paxton, and Bacon were able to show you these emotions that real people would have, right. whether that be uh, confidence or the somewhat inex, but still keep a level head in a situation like this and not be able to freak out and good reaction thinking and be level headed on that note. Yeah. It's a rarity to find people that do quote, manage well in a dangerous situation. Or, you know, the normal term is don't wait until you're in the 11th hour when you've got to perform for that last hour to get to midnight and get your work done. I think in this case, it demonstrates that some people are able to do it and do it well. But then how do you replicate that or should you replicate that for other conditions, whether it's as drastic as this or it's flat higher? How do you manage in a disaster kind of situation and come out with the results that you prefer. Yeah, and I think you obviously always have to be willing to adapt and do different things that you weren't trained to do. For example, we can't make any guarantees. We designed the limb to land on the moon. Not fire the engine out there for course correction. Well, unfortunately, we're not landing on the moon. I don't care what anything was designed to do. Care about what it can do. We have to adapt and do things that we never thought we'd do before. Yes. So I guess, was there anything that you did not like about the movie? Well, this is more managing expectations, but from where you started the beginning of why did Apollo get going and why is it important to even salvage this trip? Others would say, gee, we spent too much money on the moon and so forth. So I would be looking toward maybe something they could have put in there that got to the point of addressing why is it important to go to the moon? 
know, if this was a documentary, then you're going to talk about why it's important to get these people back, what we can learn, because where the United States has gone during this period of time and afterwards is that a lack of continuity in you know, thinking about why it's important to go to the moon. Beyond the managing of the drastic situation and the entertainment value and what would draw people in, it would be more of the educational side of things. What do you learn from this and why it was important to salvage this trip? Not necessarily because of the human life involved, but for the next Apollo 14, 15, or if it happened to ever get to Apollo 25 or 30, at least somewhere in there bringing that education. So you're getting to the point of why we still struggle as a country with, let's not do any more going to the moon. Science is not important. Let's do it and spend our money somewhere else. Yeah, I agree with that. The movie doesn't really have a very obvious theme. I think when watching it, all the answers to your questions kind of are in there, but they're not like directly said. Maybe in one sentence at the end, but it's honestly, especially with where we are at this point in history, the space program really doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's obviously there, but the fascination definitely doesn't exist as much anymore because there's just so much that can be done at this point. And unless there's a reason, you touched on it a little bit earlier, you get to Apollo 13 and uh, some people aren't caring as much because, oh yeah, we went to the moon already. And it goes into, honestly, when it comes to movies, how to keep an audience entertained is coming up with new things, doing something that we've never done before. And that's what the space program was pushed on. But then once we accomplish that, how do you make something bigger afterwards? And movies struggle with that all the time. But in science, it's kind of hard to because once you get to a certain point to get to the next point, it takes a lot more time. And then the public isn't interested, funding is reduced, and then things can't actually happen. Or the things that are happening aren't clickbait or as attractive to the human ears or eyes, at least for those who aren't really interested in the sciences. But that's one of the reasons why I like this movie is that because when you look back at it, you really do see what they were able to do with honestly limited technology. There's one line where Tom Hanks's character brags about one computer that fits in one room and sends out millions of instructions, which the devices that you and I are holding in our hands, I'm almost certain without actually knowing the computer, are better computers than the one that got them to the moon. And it's really interesting because today, if we were wanting to go to the moon, to step on the moon and then come back and then that's it, with our technology, computers, just it would have been so much safer and relatively speaking cheaper. But from honestly, like I said, we've kind of lost the will to do that. And like you said, that theme in the movie itself isn't shown too much, except for I think the end of the movie. But that's one thing that I really love rewatching this movie because it's very effective in one, creating that memory of where we used to be, but also looking at how far we've come. And yet we still haven't honestly beat that accomplishment. No. We haven't stepped on any other planet. I mean, what I'm doing today in my work gets to that point. If you were to take this movie and move it into a science classroom in the K through 12 system, whether it's sixth grade, whether it's 12th grade, whether it even be in a science class in college and show that to them, would the people that see it come out of that saying, I want to be another astronaut. I want to be one of the engineers in there. I want to be one of those that has today's equivalent of going to the moon. We went to the moon, but where is science and finding the next solution? We've got COVID now, which can't find a solution or to be another year to 18 months to proactively get more people in our society engaged in the process of science and finding solutions.
solutions, whether it's going to the moon or on the ground equivalent, which is our healthcare system finding solutions to prevent the next pandemic. That kind of thing that this movie would serve a purpose to get more people. So if I've got 100 graduates in science this year, next year it'll be 150, 200. That is a result of seeing a movie like this and that will move the country forward. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like you said, with watching a movie like this, I don't think it's going to be really one of those movies that you said would give this fifth grader saying, oh, I want to be an astronaut. This is that movie I think that you show after them saying that so that they can see that yes. while you wanting this, you have to be willing to create critically. I think there are definitely other movies that are better for promoting astronauts and science. For example, I'm not sure if you ever watched it, but there's a fictional movie called The Martian that came out in 2015. And it basically does all of that. In the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. It shows why science is important and what you can do as an astronaut. Again, it's a fictional story, whereas this is obviously a true story, but this film does promote, like I already said, critical thinking and learning to think on the fly. You know, if you use the word innovation, this is innovation in a very dangerous situation and you've got time constraint. What do you do in a really tight situation? So if you've got that commitment, I wanna be X, Y, Z in the future, but how do you manage in a tough situation like like this and and learn from that so you're right this is you know managing how do you become innovative when you gotta haven't got a lot of time to think you know it's one thing to say gee i got months to come up with my solution you got an hour or a day and lives are on the line so how do you learn from this movie that this is how you know that innovation occurs and they were successful yeah, I definitely think that this movie shows one of NASA's finest hours. For me, honestly, when it comes to the direction of Ron Howard, I think it's one of his best films, if not his best. Yeah. To your memory as somebody who was being there, because I can read articles and see how accurate is this, but as somebody who was there and was experiencing it at the time, how accurate did the film feel to how the country was feeling I at the time? I think it was probably 60, 70, 75% accurate in terms of emotions that when the people side but also from the you know i talked a little bit quite a bit maybe about the engineering side of how accurate was it in terms of reflecting what they did i don't have an engineering degree but if i brought in several engineers and and asked them that question they would probably say it's it's pretty close and you're presenting this not to a you know audience of simply engineers but to the public as a whole so i think it reflects a good representation of what you go through because you've got a combination of people there you've got the training astronauts and then you've got the people in the control center whether it's the head or the other engineers you so you got a cross-section of people in there and so I think it represented a good proportion of what was there from that standpoint and from the human side all of us have in our family peaks and valleys we know what human ocean is and you got people's lives on the line and so to reflect at a personal level what you're going through there you see both the human and the technical side I think it's pretty good it wasn't 100 but a large proportion of it was uh, pretty accurate, I think, for the public as a whole. Yeah, I think that's what's really good about it, which um, goes into if this film holds up. I personally think it does hold up. I mean, this movie came out in 1995. So when it comes to some of the technical aspects of the film, some of them obviously are a little dated. But honestly, when you go back and you look at the technology that they had back then in 1970, it honestly speaks to what was going on at the time. Yeah, it's not the best special effects or best CGI, but technology 
technology that they had was so different back then. It's definitely a good film in that aspect too. One thing that the director actually did when it comes to the zero gravity aspects, it does feel very realistic. And this is actually because the director got NASA to let them film on a reduced yeah. gravity aircraft. They did try to really make this movie technically accurate. Yeah, it's going into similar to what you said, you can't go into too much of the technical because then it's not going to be as a dramatic film and the right. general population yes. are not going to be watching it as much. engineers, they would ask for something different um, than the public as a whole. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I think that this movie definitely is worth rewatching for people who haven't seen it in a really long time. Uh, would you say the same thing? Sure. Yeah. If I can give that, yes. Now, if a lot of people don't know, James Lipton died early last month, and I was a big fan of his show Inside the Actor's Studio. Now, for those who don't know, at the end of every episode, he would ask a list of 10 questions that was originated by the French television personality Bernard Pivot on his show Apostrophes after the Proust questionnaire. And so to honor his memory, I'm going to continue that. Now, my questions aren't the exact same. Twist them a little bit to make them a little bit more amazing so you get to know a little bit of my guests at the end of each episode and some of them are a little bit fun so let's get started dad how many times a year do you see a movie in the theater recent years probably been maybe uh, two or three times a year if that yeah i definitely yes, see I more than that <laughs> how often do you watch movies at home recent under the covid situation in recent months uh, just because we have a lot of dvds it's probably sometimes two to three times a week do you prefer digital movies because i know you watch this on amazon prime or do you prefer hard copy movies? probably prefer the uh, dvds or blu-rays in the sense you have a little more flexibility and clarity is my point who actor or or director will make you watch a film no matter what Carrie give me a Grant. specific example okay what movie related profession would you like to attempt Musical. if you could it's an ideal this is more of a dream but you know a performer in a musical or director of a musical because i really like musicals now what is your favorite movie or movie genre probably gone with the wind what is your least favorite movie or movie genre uh, mostly uh, a lot of the ones recently that deal with too much violence too many special effects and so forth i believe in balance between the human side and the technical side and so forth and so i'm more on those that relate to uh, the human side of things and less those that relate to you know the technical aspects of what you can introduce in a film best batman actor somebody that started when i was growing up adam west is it biopic or biopic i would say biopic otherwise i have no idea what these are if heaven exists what would you like to hear said to you when you arrive at the pearly gates he yeah. improved the lives of people on the planet welcome thanks dad for joining me again i really appreciate it and hopefully we can do this again but You're thanks for it's been a lot of coming fun. on i enjoyed it now what did you think film let me know hit me up on social media the formal review is on twitter instagram and facebook the url is all the same it's at the formal review please also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite service it is on spot Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and really, honestly, anywhere you can find podcasts. Also, I'm always wanting to grow and improve, so feel free to leave a review on your favorite service. I see the numbers, and I do this for you all, and I want to keep it entertaining. I really appreciate everyone supporting me by listening and talking about movies with me online. For those who have contributed financially, I really thank you for supporting me in that way. For those who want to financially contribute, please go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and 
and click support this podcast. And thank you very much in advance and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all for tuning in once again. And until next time, well, I won't say it's in movies, but be safe, wash your hands and take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Formal Review. We hope you'll join us again.